Hey everybody, welcome to The Export. I'm Raven X, and alongside me today is an OG of The X Report. For the longtime listeners, you know him, you love him. It's Malik Robinson, aka somebody who has gone through the Panthers years to now the Cleveland Browns years to now somewhere a little bit in the middle. How you doing today, Malik? I'm doing all right. How you doing today? It's good to be back. Yeah, I mean, it's playoff time. Everything we thought we knew about these regular season squads, it's all out the window because now it is technically 14 of the top teams remaining. Of course, I'm sure you and I will agree that not exactly the best teams are in it, but hey, they made the playoffs, so we got to give them their due. And this show is going to be all NFL. Of course, we're going to make our super wild card weekend predictions, as well as talk about the coaches and GMs that were let go this past week. And we're going to talk the best wide receiver landing spots for stars who are on the cusp of being traded. But before we get to any of that, please sure to check out theexport.net. I repeat, theexport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes are our lovely pod podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. Now, before we get into the deep dive of the episode, we at The X Report would like to send our thoughts and prayers to former uh, fullback for the Cleveland Browns, Peyton Hillis, who unfortunately, in an attempt to save his children from drowning, uh, was put in the ICU. Uh, he suffered serious injuries and was in critical conditions. The blessing is today it was announced that he was actually out of his coma. He is no longer using a ventilator and is recovering very well. So that's absolutely a blessing. I mean, there was so much going on with the DeMar Hamlin thing that we talked about. So just happy to see another positive story with Peyton Hills, especially in the case that he was trying to save his kids. Yeah, prayers out to him, man. Uh, as a Browns fan, you know, I know about Peyton Hillis, but football aside, being a dad, you know, I think we did the same thing, obviously. So, prayers out to him and the family. I'm glad he's pulling through. No, most definitely. So, let's move on to a more positive note. Well, unless you're a TCU fan, this week's college football player spotlight, we're actually going to break it down into two things. First, we are going to talk the college football championship game itself. And then the Bears getting the number one overall pick. So talking about the game itself, Georgia ran through TCU 65-7. to Even I mean, Malik, you and I have talked about this extensively off the air. But, I mean, how on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad do you think this makes non-SEC and Big Ten schools look in the college football play, playoff committee's eyes? Going for next year, oh, this is definitely, I'm going to give it an 8. Um, it's going to be very hard to get in. As we talked about, man, I think TCU owned it. I mean, they weren't competitive, and that was the argument on why people wanted Alabama in the championship or in the playoffs. I mean, yes, TCU was impressive. They beat Michigan. They got there, but they looked totally outmatched when they played the SEC. Um, the SEC is the closest thing you're going to get to professional football, and I think the committee knows that. Um but, yeah, they definitely made it hard. It was hard at first to get someone in there besides the Big Ten if you were Ohio State or Michigan. But now coming out of the Big 12, it's going to be definitely hard, you know, because they definitely didn't put up a fight. It looked like they didn't belong on there. So. Yeah, and, I mean, realistically thinking about the Big 12 as it stands, I mean, the only two schools that seem kind of legitimate or have potential to be are Texas and Oklahoma. And then either next year or the year after, they're going to be in the SEC. And guess what? They're going to get humbled too. 
because in the past experiences of Texas going up against SEC schools, they haven't had much luck. I mean, no, Texas had a really close game against Bama early in the year. Oklahoma, we know what happens with LSU, got to see them, and then other SEC schools too. So, yeah, and then I think the Big 12 is in for a battle because, um, I mean, like you said, I mean, you get the Michigans, you get the Ohio States, and then Clemson out of the ACC. But other than that, of course, this could change next year. There could be another team come out the woodwork and make some noise, maybe a USC, maybe a UCLA, um, Michigan State, Penn State, somebody like that. But realistically, I wouldn't be shocked if we just got another Bama, uh, Bama Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan and or a Clemson playoff. But let's go ahead and move on to that Bears discussion. So with the Houston Texans getting a win against the Indianapolis Colts and the Bears losing to the Vikings, that secured their place with the first overall pick, which many people didn't expect them to get. So now you have a world of opportunities. You can get a great edge rusher like Will Anderson, a dominating force in the interior defensive line, Jalen Carter. And some people may even say, hey, get a quarterback. Let's say you are in that front office with that first overall pick. What are you doing with that pick? First of all, let me say, I know I'm on top, but let me say, shout out to Levy Smith. I mean, I think he won that game on purpose to stick it to the uh, Houston Texans. Because he absolutely got screwed. Yes, so I think he did that on purpose. But shout out to Levy. Um, But if I was Chicago, honestly, I would trade that pick. Um, You have a quarterback in Justin Fields. Um, He's proven that he can be electric with his feet. Yes, he can work on his throwing. He can work on his throwing, but he can throw the football, as you saw at Ohio State. He can throw it. Uh, they just need to surround him with more weapons and give him more time. So with that number one overall pick, I'll trade that pick. Um, with that pick, you can get him a good offensive lineman, um, possibly get him some more weapons. Uh, so if it were me, I would give it to the highest bidder. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, you already got the Indianapolis Colts, who their uh, general manager, whose name just escaped me, literally said – I'm willing to do whatever. Uh, not Jim Mercer. That's the owner. Um, is it Ryan Pace? No, it's not Ryan Pace. Whatever. I'm, I'm going to remember when I don't care. But he's already said in the uh, end of the season presser that he's willing to do whatever to get a quarterback. Chris Ballard. That's there we go. Chris Ballard. There we go. And so now if I'm in Chicago and I hear that, I'm calling him and saying, what you want to do? I mean, if you want to slide me DeForest Buckner, that fourth overall pick, and maybe a two or a three, we can make something shake. And then, hey, if you get DeForest Buckner at four, Jalen Carter will probably be off the board unless more quarterbacks end up coming off in the first three picks. You get a Will Anderson. You have more picks and more ammunition to build up that squad around Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I would trade that pick as well. I don't think it does any good to keep it. But right, let's go or, ahead and take it. What'd you say? I was going to say, or is another, here's another thought. I know this is going to sound crazy, but what if – the thing in Baltimore gets taken care of. You trade your first pick in Justin Fields because, see, Baltimore have to build their, own, their whole offense around. It's basically you have Justin Fields. If you're Chicago, would you trade that number one overall pick in Justin Fields and something else for Lamar Jackson? Mm. I mean, it's a I, I feel like if I'm Baltimore, you got to come off more than that first overall pick. Because the my, my mindset with that is, okay, if I'm getting Justin Fields, I'm not using this pick on a quarterback. So unless Chicago is going to give me something more or they're just going to do what Chicago would do and trade out of that pick entirely, I think it would cost a little bit more. Yeah, I can see that. But that would be interesting. 
Oh, yeah, because then over that way the Ravens wouldn't have to rebuild their offense. They wouldn't have to pay Justin Fields for a while. Um, he's similar to Lamar. I mean, Lamar, to me right now, as we see, is a better throw of the football. But you really wouldn't have to retool your offense around uh, Justin Fields because you can just slide right on in. You're getting a younger player, and also you're getting picks too. And while Chicago's getting a star, a star player, you know, so it, it would make sense if they would come off more. That would make sense. It would make sense, but now that I think about it, even if they the boy uh, the Bears got Lamar, I don't see them being a playoff team. They still have a lot of needs up and down that roster. Oh yeah, for sure. And now you don't have that first overall pick, and then if you're giving up other picks, like if you put Lamar on this team now, and let's say for sake of conversation they don't bring back David Montgomery, I think that the Bears win maybe six games. Like people want to talk about Baltimore not giving Lamar nothing. If you go to Chicago with the roster they got now, they really don't got shit unless they splurge in free agency, which they could do because they have a lot of cap space. Yeah, they would play as well. Would they have a lot of cap space, though? I mean, like that, I'm thinking about that, too. Well, like, yeah, I with Lamar's deal. Would they have a lot? I like, mean, right now, I think they're sitting at over 100, over 100 mil in cap. Not to mention the money that's going to go up when the TV deals and then the cap rises. So they're going to have plenty of money to spend. But you and I have looked at the wide receiver and free agency class. It's not many there. It's not, it's not there. Now, would you trade for D-Hop if you did something like that in Chicago? I would say for D-Hop, but it's like, what picks do you have left? Got your twos. Yeah, if you don't send them to Baltimore. Now, in the, in the case of them right now, oh, yeah, I would absolutely – well, no, they don't have their two because they sent it to Pittsburgh for Chase Claypool. So, never mind. Yeah, no, if I'm the, if I'm the Bears, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, it's just an interesting thought, though. It puts butts in seats getting Lamar, but it doesn't make the team significantly better, better than it is now. Yeah, like, I don't think they're winning that division. So, nah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't do it. But, all right, let's go ahead and take a trip down memory lane back to last weekend. Week 18 around the NFL, this is what happened. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 31-13. to Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Tennessee Titans to claim the AFC South crown 20-16. to My Baltimore Ravens tried their best defensively, but the Bengals overmatched them 27-16. to uh, Denver Broncos defeat the Los Angeles Chargers in the season on a high note 31-16. to the Detroit Lions defeat the Green Bay Packers 20 to 16 in a game that does not matter but could potentially be Aaron Rodgers' last. We talked about it. Houston Texans beat the Colts 32-31 on a boss move by Lovey Smith. He said, hey, y'all going to fire me anyway. Forget y'all. Minnesota Vikings beat the Bears 29-13. Dolphins make it to the playoffs after some serious doubts, but end up beating the Jets 11-6. Carolina Panthers end their season on a high note, beating the Saints 10-7. Bills destroy the Patriots 35-23. Falcons Beat the beat-up Bucks 30-17. Pittsburgh Steelers continue the long streak of non-losing seasons under Mike Tomlin, beating the Browns 28-14. In overtime, the Seattle Seahawks earned the playoff spot with the help of the Lions, of course, beating the Rams 19-16. The Eagles defeated the Giants 22-16 in Jalen Hurts' return game. 49ers beat up on the Cardinals 38-13. And finally, the Washington Commanders in Sam Howell's first career start beat the Dallas Cowboys 26-6. On the week, I went 11-5 in predictions 
I'll take that 10 times out of 10. We're going to skip the takeaways for this week because it's the last week of the regular season. So what, 18 teams that I just mentioned, they're not even going to be playing this weekend. So we're going to skip that, and we're going to bounce over to our most impressive player. So you're the special guest, Malik. So offensively, which player impressed you the most? Um, I'm going to go a little offensively and special team. I'm going to say Nakeem Hines with two kickoff returns. I mean, way to start the game off. That's a way to start the game off, way to stick it to your division rival, but keeping them out of the playoffs and electrifying. He had two kickoff returns for a touchdown, put the pressure on him early, playing with emotion for DeMar Hamlin. So I'm going to shout out to Nakeem Hines as my offensive slash special teams player of the week. Yeah, and I mean – Start the game off with a kick retire for a touchdown. I mean, I can't think of a better way to start a game, especially one that emotional. Uh, my offensive player, I'm going with my brother-in-law, Russell Wilson, had a great showing in the season finale, 283 yards, three touchdowns. He looked like the Russ that the Broncos gave all that money to this past season. And why was he able to do that? His line was protecting. His run game was helping him out. His receivers were catching the ball. And most importantly, you could tell he came in clear and focused. I can't wait to see what brother-in-law does next year because I think he's going to really bounce back. So it was good seeing a sighting of the old Russ. Uh, Defensively for me, my most impressive player, I got to go J.J. Watt. And what is supposed to be his final NFL game, got two sacks against a good 49ers O-line. Props to the future Hall of Famer. Yeah, props to him. Um, for me, I'm gonna give it to a person that loses an effort. I'm gonna go Jalen Ramsey. He had uh, two picks in that game for the Rams. Um, really balled out. Was real physical with uh, BK Metcalf. Unfortunately, it was a weird call as far as unnecessary roughness. But I'm gonna give it Jalen Ramsey. He's had a pretty down year um, to where he didn't look like the Jalen Ramsey that we know of. And this game kind of reminded me of, like, okay, he's still that dude. So I'm going to give it to Jalen Ramsey. That was a very questionable, unnecessary roughness call. And then my thing is, wouldn't it be offsetting penalties? Because literally right after uh, DK got over there, he pushed Jalen Ramsey. And then sure, Ramsey flopped when he hit the ground. But it's like, pot call in the kettle. Uh, he did the same thing as I did. How am I in trouble? But, yeah, that was a that was a kind of weak call. All right, my most disappointing player, talking about weak, it's Packers linebacker. Quay Walker, for the second time this season, both Sunday Night Football Affairs, he puts his hands on team officials. First, it was a coach for the Bills. This week, it was a medical, a part of the Lions medical staff. He pushes the guy unprovoked, messes around, gets ejected from the game, is caught crying while walking through the tunnel, which of course got him clowned. And even more so, that extra 15 yards helped put the Lions in score position to which they eventually run the, won the game. You got to do better than that, Quay. I know you're a rookie, but any level of football, they tell you don't put your hands on somebody who's not on the field. Yeah, I agree. But I'm going to go offensive first. I'm going to go with the same team. I'm going to say most disappointed player, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he was a close second. In a big in a big game situation, you cocky all these last couple weeks. You cocky, you stating that we always beat them. You know we got this, and you show up and you throw pick after pick. Um, you didn't look like the air rise of old. Um, you had an opportunity to shut your haters up to make it to the dance, and you didn't do it. You failed on your home field to the Detroit Lions. So for me, it was Aaron Bleeping Rodgers. So. Um, he was very, very underwhelming. So I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers was the most disappointed player this week. 
Oh yeah, I mean, you and I are definitely in agreement because I mean, like like you said, it was so much on the line. Like I know I got on Quay Walker for giving that extra fifteen, but he he did Aaron Rodgers. I mean, did throw the pick that the Lions used to go down the field and get that big first down. Also, I can't wait to see what the NFC North looks like next year because we'll get to the future of Aaron Rodgers soon, but. It's a lot going on there. All right, rookie of the week. I'm going to show some love to uh, Commanders quarterback Sam Howell. Like I mentioned, his first start beats the Cowboys 26-6, 11 of 19 pass for 169 yards with a passing and rushing touchdown. So props to him. Okay, rookie of the week. I'm going to say uh, running back from the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yep, Kenneth Walker. 124 yards running on the ground. Really helped get that team going, provided a spark. Geno was struggling early. Um, so I'm going to give it to Kenneth Walker. That's always a good one. I mean, you and I have talked about who's going to get rookie of the year. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a coin flip between him and Garrett Wilson. It's just, you yeah. got to pick your flavor. Um, but all right, let's go ahead and move on to some league moves. Talking about Black Monday, a lot of turnover has already taken place. And mind you, it's only Friday. We're recording this right now at 1.08 a.m. So let's start off with the big news. The head coaches, Lovey Smith, after one year at the helm, was fired by the Texans, which was met with a lot of outpouring frustration, and rightfully so. Cliff Kingsbury, after four years with the Arizona Cardinals, is out, as is their general manager, Steve Kime, who reportedly is taking time away to take care of his health. But realistically, I don't think he was going to come back even if he was healthy. Uh, offensive coordinators who were fired, starting with Commanders OC Scott Turner, Titans fire offensive coordinator Todd Downing, and Jets get rid of Michael LaFleur after a couple years at the helm. And so, you know, here at the Export, we like games. So, between the Commanders, Titans, and Jets, which OC job do you think is the most appealing? Ooh. Commanders, Titans, and Jets. That's hard. I don't think it's um, hard. For me, it's an easy Jets. I'm going to say, okay, you say Jets. I'm going to go, I'm going to go differently. I'm going to say Commanders. Okay. Um, I'm going to go say Commanders because with the Commanders, when you look at their offense, they have weapons besides quarterback. Um, you get to a quarterback, you got an offense. I mean, they got Doxon, they got Curtis Samuel, they got Terry McLaurin. Um, they got Brian Robinson, who seems like he's going to be a good young running back. So they have weapons. Um, they just need a quarterback to pull the trigger. Um, I think Tallahassee has proved that he's not the guy. Uh, Carson Wentz was terrible this year. Uh, you just need a guy who can pull the trigger back there. Somebody that can make plays and get behind you and get the ball to your playmakers because they do have weapons. So I'm going to say the commanders. I'm going to say Jets for a similar argument. I believe they have weapons as well. It's just they don't have the line to do it. I mean, Garrett Wilson, as we mentioned, has had a really, really good rookie season. Brees Hall, before he got hurt, looked like the best offensive rookie in the league, hands down. You have Elijah Moore, who's shown a lot of potential. You have another guy like Corey Davis, who provides you some size on the outside. And they got tight ends out the wazoo. And so I think you get a quarterback who doesn't have to be perfect, just competent enough. And I think that this is a Jets team that could be in the playoffs. I mean, you get some bad games from Zach Wilson here and there. You got some walk-off wins by the Patriots. And we could be looking at a very different conversation around the Jets. All right, now we're going to do defensive coordinators. As of now, I believe it's only two spots. Uh, first off, Browns fire your favorite coach in the league, 
uh, Joe Woods. I'm so sorry for your loss. And then Falcons mm-hmm. defensive coordinator Dean Pease retires. I know we're going to be in agreement, but just for the sake of conversation, which D.C. spot is more appealing, Browns or Falcons? <clears throat> so not being biased because I'm a Browns fan, as you guys know. Um, it's definitely the Browns. Yeah. I mean, when you look, it's an attractive job. I mean, you have the best pure DN in the league of Miles Garrett. You have a top 10 corner in Denzel Ward back there. And you have a bunch of young, other talented players at other positions. Um, why wouldn't you want to go there if you are D.C.? Um, not only that, when you're D.C., you also have to look at what your offense, what the offense has, because you don't want your defense to be getting exposed. The less time they're on the field, the better, um, the better they are. So, I would say Cleveland is a good spot, you know, as far as like a D.C. coordinator. You have the tools, you have the offense on the other side to where you're like, okay, the offense keep us in games. So, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Cleveland. I'll say Cleveland as well, mainly because while you and I talked about it, no matter who they get, they still have some work to do um, at defensive tackle and linebacker. But, I mean, you got Miles Garrett, who is the best defensive end in the league. Uh, you get Denzel Warder, clearly a top-ten cornerback. Grant Delpit has a terrific year. JOK has shown some potential. And I think that you have more pieces to build on than the Falcons. Because you take away Grady Jarrett, I'm not – well, even now I'm not excited about the Falcons' defense. But Grady Jarrett is great, but he's getting up there in age. Richie Grant, their safety, had a solid year. A.J. Terrell kind of fell off the face of the earth this season. Like, I feel like it takes way more for the Falcons to get where they need to be as opposed to the Browns. Because for the Browns, they have their stars, and that's cool. If you can just give them help, I think that would help them out more as opposed to the Falcons who legitimately need some stars on that defense. But right, let's go ahead and move on from uh, those coaching jobs, and let's talk the head coaching jobs. As of right now, there are five available. We got the Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, and Carolina Panthers. So what we're going to do is rank the top five head coaching openings. And this is, of course, the subject to change. Who knows after the playoffs, somebody may lose their job. But of the jobs right now, how would you rank them from best to worst? <clears throat> Are we starting off? We going just one by one. I do one. You do one. We can start. Let's start off with. Let's start off at five. The worst job because I feel like we probably got the same answer. Oh, it's Houston. Yeah, of course. Um, Houston is the worst. This is the worst job. I mean, if you look at their roster, yes, they have a couple pieces that you're excited for, but they have no consistency. Um, as far as like head coaching, since Bill O'Brien actually got fired. Right. Um, if you look at it, it's been a revolving door. You can't really build team and build continuity. I know as a Browns fan, unless you have some form of consistency there. And if you're a head coach, you go there, you're working like, okay, look at this roster. If I go here, will I have one year or will I have five years to get it together? You know, will I have three years? So that's one thing because then you go there, you don't know who's your quarterback. You don't know <clears throat> what you have to work with. Yes, you have a bunch of picks. That's the bright side of it. But you have to hit on those picks. So for me, for the standpoint of the owners, how the franchise is run, I say Houston is number five. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, Like you mentioned, everything you said, but you got to add the caveat on, like, dang, like, I'm getting this terrible roster. Who's to say if we have a bad year, I'm not gone? Like, it's no real job security. And you would think that with a team this bad, that is clearly going to take some time to get in a position where it wants to be. You would think they'll have more patience with the head coach, and instead you get one year and you're out. So, yeah, no, it's a hard nod for me. Uh, My four would be the Indianapolis Colts. 
Yes, they play in an easy division. I don't dispute that. But they're another team that's roster is kind of in flux. Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. However, injuries cut him short. Who else on that offense besides Quentin Nelson are you excited about? You don't really have a quarterback. Your receiving core is kind of in limbo. Uh, Michael Pittman is listed as the number one, but we've yet to really see him take over. Uh, Tight end is another spot that's kind of okay. Jelani Woods had a solid rookie year, but it's a lot of work to be done on this offense before it's ready. Defensively, the same conversation. Shaquille Leonard is amazing, but he missed all of this past season pretty much. Stephon Gilmore was only on a one-year deal. How are you going to convince him to come back as opposed to going to a team that could be viewed as a contender? DeForest Buckner is also there, but who's to say you might not trade? You might end up trading him to get capital. I just think Indy is another team that has a lot of moving pieces before they can actually be seen as a competitor even in a weak division yeah we agree with two for two i also had any here at four um pretty much for the same reasons of houston besides the coaching thing um it comes down to their team um what do you really have i mean you can look at the defense side of the ball like you said stefan gilmore signed on your deal if you bring him back, that's attractive. You have DeForest Buckner. You have Kenny Moore. So you have some pieces there. Shaquille Leonard, you have pieces there. But it's really not much on the offensive side. It's like, now, if you bring someone in and they trade for players or spend money, that's good. But compared to the other three jobs, <clears throat> I can't see it's more attractive than the other three that's above them. So I have the culture as well. All right, number three. Where you go? Number three, most attractive, I'm going to say the Arizona Cardinals. Um, <clears throat> I say it's three because <clears throat> Colin Murray's, you have your franchise quarterback, but he's hurt. But you know he's going to be there. He has talent. Um, your division this year, besides the 49ers, didn't seem that strong. The Rams struggled. Seattle was iffy. Um, so you're not really that bad as far as the division. Um, you need to do work on your defense. I trust they'll do that. Um, offensively, you can get a bunch back for You get DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about trading him. You can get stuff back for him. So um, I think it's an attractive job. I think someone that comes here going to have a good three years to turn it around because this year, next year is a wash because Colin Murray is going to be hurt. And I think they had two years there. So I think you have some time to turn it around. So I'm going to say there is on the Cardinals. Yep, we are three for three. I also have the Cardinals. I mean, having Kyler Murray is a big help. And even if they trade D-Hop, I still feel like Hollywood Brown has shown some potential when he can stay healthy. Rondell Moore is another guy that they like who I could see making a turn in the corner this upcoming year. A.J. Green is A. If you want to bring him in for another year, he's serviceable. I like uh, their tight end, Trey McBride, who they drafted. When Zacharis went down, he really stepped up big. But, yeah, that defense has some serious issues. Buda Baker is the man. Nobody disputes it. J.J. Watt, even though he's not the J.J. Watt that everybody got used to seeing in Houston, this past month and a half or so, he was going crazy. And now you're not going to have that edge rushing presence. So while there's a lot of work to do on the defense, I do think that having Kyler Murray in place and knowing you have him, I think that makes it easier. And because, like you said, I mean, the 49ers are going to be a threat for sure. But I think that – not next year, but once they get back healthy and have more time to get chemistry with the new head coach and be able to build up the roster better, I think Arizona could be interesting. I'm not going to say I think they're going to win a division or anything, but I think that they could open some eyes. Uh, my number two is the Carolina Panthers. 
They are yet another team that is in quarterback limbo, but the way that they closed out this past season gives me hope. DJ Moore, I think that he falls under the radar, but I do think he's a top 20, top 25 wide receiver, which may seem low, but it's a lot of receivers out there. And he's done it with terrible quarterbacks pretty much his whole career with the exception of um the few year the year so he was with Cam Newton. You factor in Dante uh, Foreman, who I believe that they're going to end up bringing back because he had such a strong year. Around the offense, they have pieces that you can build upon. Terrace Marshall, um, Ian Thomas at tight end. They could always stand to upgrade there. Then defensively, Brian Burns had a terrific year. You still have Jeremy Chin on the back end. Uh, Dante Jackson went down with a torn ACL, but even when he played, he looked really good. Frankie Laveau really stepped up. Shaq Thompson may be on the way out, but even still, I like the pieces that Carolina has. And then we've said it already, but they play in an easy division. I mean, hell, the Bucs won the division with the losing record and the Panthers were giving them a run for their money had they won week 17 they could potentially be in the playoffs right now so I think Carolina is not a bad spot okay this is where we disagree I say number two job is the Denver I said Denver Broncos okay. I say that because of this reason <clears throat> Russell Wilson had a bad season but Russell Wilson not going to have this kind of season I think there was more so of an outlier um, so going there you have Russell Wilson experienced quarterback um, you have offensive talent. Your wide receivers are talented. Um, you, you have the talent on the world just to put it together, give them another year to put it together. Your defense was top 10 in the league, um, so why wouldn't you want to go there? The only knock that I say that keeps us from number one, you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. Sure. You're in the same division as Justin, Justin Herbert. You know, so that's what you're going to have to go there and you're going to have to compete with. Um, but besides that, I think it's a definitely an attractive job. Like I said, you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback back there. You have talented receivers in Cortland Sutton and also with Jared Judy. They just have to put it together. You have a good defense that was ranked top 10. So why not? You know, so that's my number two uh, was the Denver Broncos. And obviously, um, number one is Carolina. I think Carolina, when you come there, you're going to have free range to do what you want. You're going to have plenty of time. Their defense is not bad at all. You have Brian Burns on there. You have Derrick Brown. Dante Jackson's coming back. Jeremy Chan, Frankie Lovell. So you have a, a competitive defense. Offensively, like you said, quarterback since Cam left hasn't been the same. I think they're a quarterback away from being competitive, especially in that weak division. Um, DJ Moore's there. You also have uh, some youngsters at wide receiver. You know, your LSU boy is there, Terrence Marshall. Um, so they have some weapons there. Like I said, Devontae Foreman balled out. They're going to bring him back. Um, so you have some weapons there. And I think you're going to have free reigns. And obviously you have capital for training Christian McCaffrey. So you have picks. You can go out and get your quarterback if you want to move up in this drive um, to build off on. So I think that's very attractive. Um, David Tipperary said that the Carolina Panthers coach will have, you know, free reign. So we shall see. But I think that's the that's the best job available. That's fair. I think I'm, I'm going to say Broncos. The reason why I say Broncos is because I feel like they have their foundation. You not send up trying to find your next quarterback. You have your quarterback. Russ had a terrible year by his standards. But, hey, it could be way worse in terms of comparing what he's done throughout his NFL career to anybody anybody else on this list. Um, you factor in the defense. The fact that they still had a top 10 defense, but despite how long they were on the field and how bad that offense was, 
is crazy to me. And then they're another team that's going to be motivated to make a change. Those owners, they're clearly ready to spend money. They didn't give Russell Wilson all that money to go, what, 5-12, and 12, something like that. And so because of that, I think that's going to be a big draw. Now, the biggest knock I have on the Broncos is their offensive line. But in free agency in the draft, they can fix that. Because even still, after trading Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, they have a first-round pick now. Do they want to use that on Sean Payton, or do they want to use that to make their roster better? We'll find out. But even still, I just think that compared to the other jobs on this list, I think that the Broncos give you a better starting point. I think that you're... You're, you have a better jump-off period. Yes, you are in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you are in the same division as Justin Herbert. But both games this season, they gave the Chiefs a run for their money. And then they split the season with the Chargers. I think that it could be done. You just give Russ a little bit more help. You add to that defense a little bit, give them some more pass rush. I think the Broncos make the playoffs next year. Not saying they win the division, but I do think they end up making the playoffs. All right, let's, sure. let's talk about another AFC West team, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders, who, in an emotional note today, Derek Carr said his goodbyes to the Raiders nation as well as the city of Las Vegas. It's very emotional. It's very cute. But now the question becomes, what do they do next at quarterback? They've had the same quarterback for almost 10 years, and now it's time to replace him. But it sounds like there are some interesting ideas. Current head coach um, – Mike McDaniels was the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, which means that he spent significant time with both Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady. No coincidence, two quarterbacks that are both on track to be free agents this year. Uh, Reportedly, it seems that the Raiders are doing their research on how to approach and bring in either of those quarterbacks. So for the sake of conversation, let's say that the Raiders are in talks with Tom Brady and Jimmy G. Which one do you think is the better fit? Um, long-term Jimmy G to win now Tom Brady. In the NFL, you want to win now. I would say Tom Brady. If you look at what Tom Brady has had when he was successful as of recent years, he had a great tight end in Rob Gronkowski. What does the Raiders offer you in Darren Waller? Wide receivers. You have there. You have Devontae Adams, who's the best receiver in the game. You had Mike Evans when he, in in Tampa. You have a running game in Josh Jacobs. You give Tom Brady weapons, he will make you pay. So I would say, if you want to win right now, he's familiar with Josh McDaniels' offense. He ran it to Super Bowls. They went to Super Bowls together. They got it. If you want to win right now with the weapons that you have, who can utilize them? It's Tom Brady. If you want to go long term. I would say Jimmy G. But for right now, since you want to win right now, Tom Brady is the better fit, especially what you have on offense for him to work with. Even with the offensive pieces, I think that defense holds them back. Max Crosby is a bad man. Nobody disputes it. Denzel Perryman is coming off a really good year. And then Chandler Jones, when he's right, is good. Who else on that defense are you worried about? Absolutely no. Exactly. And I think in today's NFL, yes, it's such an offensive game. And, yes, you have to do this, you have to do that. But in the AFC West, there are loaded offenses. Even the Broncos, these last few weeks have shown that their offense can be great when they put it all together. We already know the Chiefs are the Chiefs and the Chargers are the Chargers. And so for the Raiders, 
they may be able to go blow for blow with these teams, but they don't have a closer. They can't stop anybody. And so because of that, that's why I would lean more towards Jimmy G because I think that it's going to take more than just one quarterback to get this team right. I think this offseason should be about building up that offensive line, getting some more guys on their defense, specifically in their secondary, who can make some plays because right now they're not getting that. They're not good at creating turnovers. And so if you get Tom Brady, you might get a year or two, but unfortunately he's going to face the same issue that he's faced in the past where, yeah, we might be able to score, but if we can't stop nobody – who cares? And I think that's going to end up being the resounding issue. So I would go Jimmy G, but don't get me wrong. I would also kind of look at drafting somebody maybe in the second, third round just because Jimmy G is so injury prone. It's no telling how many games he'd actually start if he was signed. But between the two, if you, I agree. If you want to win now, you want to go balls to the wall with the bank on your offense, yeah, go Tom Brady. But long term, I think Jimmy G is the best move. But speaking of move, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the only knock on GPG, like you said, is you can't stay healthy. You know, it's not going to give you a full season. And then also, we haven't seen what Jimmy G is like without a top defense. True. I mean, if you look at the when he went, you know, to play all Super Bowl of this year, only not his defense have been stacked. And like you said, yeah, you get to build the free agency with the Raiders. But, I mean, how is Jimmy G going to look? I mean, Jimmy, if you really look at Jimmy G's numbers, like winning, like as far as game passing, they're pedestrian. Yeah. And he has – he has weapons around him, so that's my only pushback with it. You know, Brady, I've seen Brady with not-so-top defenses win still. If you give him an average defense but a nice offense, he can take you there. But that's the, that's the only knock with Jimmy G. He can't stay healthy, and I don't know I don't know how he is he with with the bad defense. I haven't never have seen him with the bad defense yet. But then my next question becomes, who's going to block Tom? You're going up against Chris Jones. You, you got it. Who's going to block Tom? You got Chris Jones to deal with. You got uh, Draymond Jones, if he ends up going back to um, Denver. Nick Benito's there, who had a really nice start. Randy Gregory, he could keep his head on straight. And then you face the Chargers. You got Khalil Boy, Mack. Joey Bosa. Oh, and they like to send Derwin James on blitzes, too. Yeah, you're going to have to You're going to have to build. No matter who you get, you're going to have to oh, get someone sure. on that line. For but sure. if I do, knowing, knowing that, I would take my chances with Brady. Okay. See, that's the gag. The fact that we're talking about a quarterback who's going to be 46 compared to yeah. – I don't even know if Jimmy G is 30 yet. Like, it's crazy. Like, Tom Brady needs to sit his ass down somewhere. But it's fine. But I, we mentioned being on the move. There are two receivers who apparently are going to be on the move. One who's a vehemently expressed a desire to get traded. And one, the team is just trying to save some money. And, of course, we got to start with the big dog, DeAndre Hopkins, who it was reported just a couple of days ago that the Arizona Cardinals are looking to trade the All-Pro. He's got two years left, around $34 million left on his deal. But what complicates things is that he does have a no-trade clause. So, essentially, he's picking where he wants to go. So, taking away our bias, taking away who we want to see, because, of course, both of us would love to see D-Hop on our respective teams. Realistically, what is the best team fit for DeAndre Hopkins? It's going to surprise you. And I was struggling with this question when I read it. I'm going to say the two, it's actually the Ravens was two. But number one, I would say Jacksonville. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars. You, you have trouble, you have a young, you have a young quarterback. 
Yes, you have talent at wide receiver, but you don't have DeAndre Hopkins talent. You need to give him a, a legit number one receiver. I think he would thrive in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. Um, they would love him at Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. He's familiar with the AFC South. For me, I would say Jacksonville. As a team that's a playoff team, that's going to be competitive, especially in that division, who right now has the best quarterback in that division. Hands down. Who's, right, who's young. Um, there's potential there. Their defense is not bad. I would say Jacksonville will be a top target for DeAndre Hopkins. All right, so for the sake of conversation, D-Hop and Calvin Ridley, where does that rank in NFL wide receiver duos? Oh, I would say if it's Calvin Ridley that we last saw on the field, top uh, – I'm going to say right out of the top ten. Okay. I guess I could agree with that. Potential of Calvin Ridley, I think it could be top – at worst seven, but we kind of talk, we talked about this at length with Deshaun Watson. Though wide receiver is not as hard of a position as quarterback, but still, he's going to be coming to a brand new team, learning a whole new playbook with all new guys around him. It's going to take Calvin really some time, but I think D Hop would be a good choice. I don't like my answer. I wish my answer was not my answer, but I think the Cowboys make a lot of sense here, like. C.D. Lamb is coming off the best year of his career. He proved undoubtedly he was a true number one wide receiver. However, the rest of that roster, specifically at wide receiver, was a disappointment. Michael Gallup coming off a torn ACL, he's been incredibly quiet all year. Um, Jalen Tolbert, a player who they just got out of South Alabama, third-round pick, non-factor. James Washington, who they signed in free agency, he got hurt, non-factor. You bring in a guy like D-Hop, not only... Do you bring some much-needed star power to that position? But, two, you come up with – we talked about Calvin really and D-Hop being outside the top ten. D-Hop and CD, that's a number at worst top five group in the league. And let's be honest, Dak needs it. I don't want to hear – because I don't want to hear Dak's a top ten quarterback. Oh, the turnovers aren't his fault. The fact in 33 games this man has 29 turnovers, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, the, and he tries to force the ball to his players. And let's be honest, he doesn't have the good enough wide receivers to try to force the ball in the windows. With D-Hop, I've seen Deshaun throw crappy balls. I've seen Kyler throw crappy balls. David Blau as of late. Colt McCoy. Uh, Trace McSorley. I've seen him, and that's not even just really getting into the quarterbacks he had to deal with in Houston before Deshaun. D-Hop <laughs> makes every quarterback look good. And so because of that, I think that you put him in Dallas. Like I said, you get a terrific running mate with C.D. Lamb. You help out your quarterback, who clearly is having some issues since he's returned. And plus, Dallas actually gets gets a reason to talk about. Because lately, everybody's been talking about the defense. Nobody's really been talking about Dallas's offense. When was the last time you could say that? Since, what, 2014? I mean, not 2014. Shoot, I don't even remember the last time we actually hyped up Dallas's defense. So... Unfortunately, I would say the Cowboys. But I would like the Jags. The Jags would be a lot of fun. I wouldn't want to see yeah. the Jags offense, but I'd be <laughs> now, I know, like I said, my second answer, that's for the second argument, like I said, was was I surprised, which I know everybody would like respect me to say the Browns because of the shine, which obviously I would later towards it, but I say the Ravens in here as well. Um, 
How would you pay him? That's the question. But there's a reason that I would say you would keep Lamar. If you told Lamar, look, we know you want to get paid. The Deshaun Watson contract is stupid. That's an outlier. Just because they're dumb doesn't mean we want to be dumb. Let's just put it out there. So we don't have that kind of money to pay. But this is what we will do. Since the world seems to think we don't have, we don't give you enough weapons. What if we told you we're going to try our best to trade for DeAndre Hopkins? That's why I said the Ravens. It fixes everything. It gives you a legit number one. It gives Lamar a weapon that he's never had before in the league. It gives Lamar a reason to be like, okay, I will take less money. And they will be a dynamic offense with him on there. As far as you have him, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay. Not to mention you have Mark Andrews. That would be a dynamic, that would be a dynamic team. So for me, and it makes sense. So for me, that would be a place that I can see DeAndre obviously trade to as Baltimore. That's just me. I don't want to see it. I would not like to see it. But it makes sense. You're killing all these birds with one stone. Yes, they would have to get rid of the offensive coordinator, which I don't think he's going to last. But I think that if you go to Lamar with that proposition, I think he's like, okay. That gives him something he's never had before. See, now, I think more likely with that is we franchise tag Lamar, we trade for D-Hop, and we we ride it out for 2023. Whatever happens, happens. But like you said, we get a healthy bait. Do come back. Mark Andrews, J.K. healthy, Gus Edwards healthy, and we got D-Hop, and we just pay Roquan. Let's go. Let's see what happens. That would be my mindset because I'm still – it'll be interesting to see about Lamar and the money. You know how I stand. I'm saying, hey, I'm team Trey Lamar if we can't keep him. But I would like that. Honestly, if I had to pick a two – Ah, that's hard because it's like I like the Jags pick. I might have to I might have to bandwagon on the Jags pick. I kind of thought Chargers at first, but then I was like, I don't. While it be give Justin Herbert just more toys to play with, I don't realistically. I don't know how that would work because like who's going in the slot? Keenan, Mike, D Hop. I don't know how that would work. It'd be fun to watch though, but realistically, I don't know about that happening. All right, but there. You said what? Uh, I said, and also, I don't know if they're going to do it, but you remember um, the Jacks was also talking about I mean, trading uh, Josh Allen before, you know, the trade deadline. So, I mean, if that's still on the table and D-Hop's out there. They could use That could help both teams. Yeah. It uh, makes sense. It might, I mean, hey, look, you just spent your first overall pick on an edge rusher. Trayvon Walker was fine. But, I mean, if I had to trade Josh Allen for D-Hop, I, I would do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, hey, look, we might just have to have no real pass rush, but, hey, we dropping 35 points a game. Yep. Can't, no team can have everything. But, all right, yep. like we said, D-Hop is not the only wide receiver on the market. Brandon Cooks, who has been bounced around quite a little bit, is ready to leave Houston. He already said he's not trying to be a part of a rebuild and has reiterated the fact that he wants to be traded, thought he was going to get traded before the deadline, and that did not happen, leading to more friction between the two parties. Now, this is where a move I could see Baltimore making. I think that while D-Hop is the sexy, glamorous option, Brandon Cooks is incredibly consistent. 
he's another guy who, like I said, he's been bounced around a lot. He's been around a lot of different quarterbacks. He's been around a lot of different schemes, a lot of different offensive coordinators. But one thing about Brandon Cooks is he's always going to contribute. I can't think of the last time he didn't have a 1,000-yard season and has done so, like I said, with trash around him. And I think that the thing about Brandon Cooks that works for Baltimore is we don't have a consistent wide receiver. Like, Bates showed flashes, Devin DuVernay showed flashes, but neither of them are guys who I trust on a week-in, a week basis to get the job done, to at least give me 50 yards or so. But uh, Brandon Cooks is a guy who can do that. His contract is a little iffy because if I'm not mistaken, he might be making more a year than D-Hop because I think D-Hop's like 17 mil. But I think in terms of consistency, if you're Baltimore, you don't need a superstar wide receiver. You don't need to go out here and give up everything you have to be functioning. You just need somebody who does enough. And I think Brandon Cooks fits that bill. The swing is, here's me, this is where we go with our favorite teams. For me, I say this is where Cleveland fits the bill. Um, he's tw- he's younger than D-Hop. He's 29. Um he has experience with Deshaun Watson. I believe in 2020, he had 81 catches, 1,100 yards, and I believe six touchdowns. He fits what you want to do. He gives you a solid, I would say, if he come there, he's going to be the number two. Fair enough to say. Yeah. Um, like, consistent. He gives you another weapon that Deshaun is familiar with. And we have we don't have time to build chemistry. You kind of need someone who he's familiar with. He has you with Amari Cooper now. He has familiarity with Brandon Cooks. So that's what you need. I think you can get him for cheaper than you would taking on the DeAndre Hopkins contract. Um, and that's something that the Browns like to do. They like to look for kind of like a bargain deal. Like I said, he's he's 29, so he's not old, but he's also not young. He has experience, and you need that. So for me, I think he fits. Um, you have a run game. You have other receivers. You're not asking him to be the number one receiver. So you have Brandon Cooks going against your number two corner. So definitely I can see that's a move that Cleveland can make. So I would say Cleveland is a good fit for him. I can see Cleveland. And I just looked at it. He's only making uh, 13 mil. And I don't oh, know, yeah. I don't think much of that guaranteed. I mean, when you compare that to D-Hop, it's like, okay, that's a better deal. But, of course, you, of course, D-Hop is the better player. But Brandon Cooks, I think, is the safer option. But we shall see. The offseason is going to be very, very interesting. But maybe not more interesting than a former Brown, Jadavian Clowney. Because we can call him a former Brown. He ain't coming back. He had some very interesting comments um, (laughs) to Cleveland.com. And uh, I'm not going to read everything he said. But here are some of the highlights. Uh, He talked about Miles Garrett and Miles Garrett getting the favorable matchups where he said, You're all trying to get somebody into the Hall of Fame when all that matters is winning, Clowney said. Everybody got here for a reason, and we can all make plays. I know I am. All right, Mr. Two Sacks. He also said, uh, Browns got their guys, and I ain't one of them, so it's time for me to get the exit slip. Uh, He said, also, we we would practice all week, and we would get in the game, and they would want to move me. I'm not doing that stuff. I'm old. I've done my job. And... Probably my favorite thing he said was, there's a 95% chance I won't come back, but I could still be in the division. Which, ah, Jadavian Clowney, everybody's favorite player. So, you and I have talked about this at length, but just for the sake of the show, on a, 
how much of a market do you think Jadavian Clowney has now? Because before this, I didn't think he'd have much of the market. I could see Cleveland re-signing him. But I think after these latest car comments, it makes him a bit more of a pariah. And it also makes him seem jealous. And it's like, bro, you're doing a lot of talking for somebody who had two sacks. Okay. Um, let's see. A guy that's coming off two sacks. The guy that hasn't played more than 14 games the last five seasons. Um... The guy who has shown that he's not a – he can't be the premier pass rusher on the team. Um, and just now through your team's best – a team's best DN, best defense franchise under the – under the, you know, under the rug. If he's asking for double digits, he does have one. If he's asking from seven, six mil, somebody out there assign him. But I think it's going to be after the draft. Um, he's a good run stuffer, so I think I think he's going to have a market, but it's going to come after the draft, depending on what he's asking for. If he's asking for ten, eleven, twelve mil, no, Absolutely. he's not getting. He's not getting that. But I think he's going to get a deal probably for like seven or eight with initiatives that can go up to like ten. Um, but he doesn't have a market. He, I don't see the market for him. He don't have a market. He has to play more than 14 games the last five seasons. Never his has best had season, double-digit sacks. Right. His best season, besides being in Houston, Texas, came last year when you played with another DN. Oh, by the way, who's a future Hall of Famer? You know that you, you know. So, I mean, he's used to playing with future Hall of Famers to get his numbers. So, I will say that. So, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a market. Um, my thoughts on Jadavian is it's it's just funny, but you know. I'm in agreement with you. I don't think he's getting double digits off the top. Like I can see five to six, maybe seven, and work its way up to double digits. But off the rip, hell no. But then it comes the fun part. Who do you think will sign him? I just can see a team like. Well, he said he stayed in the division. <laughs> Once again, really? who? Baltimore's not going to do it. We got enough problems. Um, the Steelers. Yeah, okay. Um, and then the only one maybe I could possibly maybe see is Cincinnati. But even still, I feel like just the no. overall roster. It's like these latest comments. What you going to do? What you going to do? You come to the Bengals. Oh, well, Joe Burrow. Oh, Demar! Like if you calling out the Browns' best player, you can't. You <laughs> imagine trying to do that in Cincinnati or Pittsburgh, right? Baltimore. Like we have Probably. let go. We have gotten rid of better players for less. Earl Thomas, for example, future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest safeties of this generation. Yeah. You think we gonna deal with you, David Clowney? BS. Okay. Maybe he meant the, maybe he meant the NFC North. I can see him going somewhere like the uh like the Lions. I can see a team like Chicago. Oh, Chicago desperately needs him. I would say Chicago would be a team. I can see the Chiefs kicking the tires on him. Imagine um, him say something about Patrick Mahomes. No, forget that. Imagine him say something about Chris Jones. <laughs> no, yeah. 
But I can see, I can see him kicking the tires on it. But a team ultimately who I feel like will give him the most is a team like I said, Chicago, who desperately needs it. Detroit would be someone that can use him. Detroit could um, use him, but they wouldn't put up with his BS. Dan Campbell's definitely not. Oh no, but I definitely can see a team reaching out. But I would say Chicago will be a number one fit for him. Yeah. Final answer for me would be Houston because they need help. And, I mean, he's familiar with the city. Um, And if he really thinks that he can be that guy and wants to show it, Houston gives him the opportunity. Plus, they can give him a lot of money compared to other teams. Yeah. I mean, same could be said for Chicago, but at least he won't have to play in the cold in Houston. But, all right, before we make our South – our super wild card weekend predictions. We're going to play a game of believable or buffoonery because it has been some very outlandish things said and rumors brought up. And we're going to start off with last year's Super Bowl winning head coach, Sean McVay. It was a weird offseason for the Rams because on the one hand, you bring in Allen Robinson, you bring in Bobby Wagner, two guys no one expects you to. But there's a possibility that the greatest defensive player of this generation almost retired and the, your head coach almost left. Well, while those talks around Aaron Donald has kind of subsided, the ones around Sean McVay, not so much. Uh, reportedly, as told by ESPN, Sean McVay's future as the Los Angeles Rams head coach is in limbo. Uh, the sources believe that McVay will make some take some time off after the regular season finale to determine whether or not he will return in 2023. Reportedly, McVay has gone back and forth with the decision and needs time away to process over everything that has transpired over the past year. That would be pretty crazy. For the Rams to lose their head coach. But believable or buffoonery, Sean McVay will not be the Rams head coach come next season. I think it's believable. I mean, I think the man is burnt out. The man has won. The man won too fast, too soon. He burnt out. The man is, I think the man is tired. Um, When you look at it, you don't, when you look at the Rams, you don't know what you have moving forward. You don't know if Aaron Donald is coming back. You don't have no picks. Um, you have these big contracts. You know, you got Jalen Ramsey. You got Matthew Stafford. So you don't know what you have. You don't want to go through that grind because it's a grind. I'm a bit believable. He's letting some of his coaches that he has on his staff interview with other staffs. I was reading. Yep. I can see him not coming back. I can see him taking time off to get himself together. I mean, he's young. Um, he's 36 years old right now, so he's not he's not done with coaching. So I can see him in a couple of a year or two coming back, but I can see him taking time off. He's already a Super Bowl champion. He's been there twice. I mean, you prove that you have one of the best offensive minds um, in the NFL. Someone's going to like you. Um, I think he's going to be like a Sean Payton situation. I think he's going to take time off and come back and pick where he wants to go next. So I, it's believable. I think so, too. And, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, a lot has transpired over just the past year. And, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's I'm sure it is some burnout because you don't really know what comes next. Like, if you're already having questions about coming back after winning the Super Bowl, just imagine what a losing season like this is going to do for you. So, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's believable as well. Uh, moving on to quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, who after his first year in Indianapolis uh, isn't was – widely considered an abject disappointment 
Reportedly, he says that he has noted intentions of retiring and wants to continue to play. Uh, the Colts are expected to release him this offseason, and either way, he's going to make 12 mil, mil whether he plays or not. So, just because I like playing devil's advocate, believable or buffoonery, week one of the season, Matt Ryan will be a starting quarterback for a team. Ooh. It should be performing. It should be performing. I say uh, that's hard. I say it's believable. And here's why. Injuries happen. Yeah. Preseason. Someone's going to miss out on the quarterback. Um and they're going to look at it like, okay, there's there's worse options than Matt Ryan. I can see it happening. And then he's already making 12 mil, so you really won't have to pay him that much because he's already making 12 million. So you get him on a cheap deal, bring him in to at least compete. Um, I think he's a starting quarter because I knock on wood, and I hate to say this, I do believe injuries happen. I do believe someone's going to miss out on the quarterback. I do believe injuries are going to happen. I do believe a team is going to reach out um, said if Tom Brady leaves, for example, um, what do the Bucks do? Uh, New Orleans, they need a quarterback. You know, it's a lot of teams that you can look at. Like I said, Murray had a terrible year. He's not the worst that you can have. We've seen worse. So I, I would say it's more believable. It's 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 forty nine fifty one, but I say it's more believable. I'm a call buffoonery. Because I understand that, and injuries do happen. But with the crap show that I just saw from Matt Ryan, in his first year not in Atlanta, I would not trust him to be my starter. Not saying I wouldn't bring him in. I feel like if you needed a quarterback in a pinch and you needed somebody to start, okay. But week one, no way. Absolutely not. You got to factor in. The NFL, everybody in the NFL is way more athletic than just six, seven years ago when he won MVP, when he led the Falcons to the Super Bowl. And just like Tom Brady, he is a statue. He does not move out of the pocket. Even when he does, he is not fast. He is a major liability, which led to a lot of those sacks, thus a lot of those forced fumbles that he caused. I don't think that a team is going to be willing to risk it. Like I said, I could see him getting signed somewhere and being a backup. But a week one starter, I say no. But I think he gets a job because there are worse quarterbacks you can have as a backup. But I don't think any team, especially after this past year, trusts him enough to be their starter. But you mentioned a possible injury could be happening, so who knows. But who do you think will sign Matt Ryan? Oh, uh, Tampa. If they lose Tom Brady, I can see Tampa doing it. Tampa's a team I can see doing it, bringing in a veteran. I mean, their offense is built for a statue quarterback. Tom Brady's a statue, like you said. So why not just get someone to slide on right in that has a similar game? He's not as good as Tom Brady, obviously, but he fits the mode of what your offense already is. You have running backs. You have a receiver out there who can – who's a big body receiver, who's with who Matt Ryan is used to throwing to in Julio, someone with that body set. So I can see someone like if they lose Tom Brady, I can see Tampa eventually doing it. Um, 
you're not, you not messing with the greatest quarterback in Mizzou history. You're not trusting Blaine Gabbert to take over the reins. What about Kyle well, Trask? He was supposed to, he was supposed to be as good as Joe Burrow in college. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. I can. I can also let's see. Said Tampa. Um, surprisingly, like I said, New Orleans. If New Orleans don't get a quarterback, uh, I can see them doing it because they obviously don't trust Jameis. Jameis uh, Winston. Um, I saw Andy Dalton before I did Matt Ryan. Yeah, but I can see I can see them getting Matt, uh, Matt Ryan for cheaper. Yeah. To me, honestly, he doesn't. Like I said, he doesn't have that many spots to go. He, but he I can, really like, doesn't. Ultimately, I can see Tampa possibly doing it. I say Green Bay. And... It goes into my segue into our final believable buffoonery question. We both talked about how disappointing it was for Aaron Rodgers' final regular season game. In a game where if he won, he'd be back in the playoffs. He might have got killed by the 49ers, but he would have been in the playoffs. However, throws two picks, looks uninspiring. And following the game, um, rookie Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Lions, came up to Aaron Rodgers, requested his jersey, and he said, nah, I think I'm going to keep this one, which, of course, got everybody buzzing. Then in the post-game uh, press conference, he was asked about his future in NFL. He said, I feel good about what I've accomplished in this league and wouldn't have any regrets walking away, but I got to see what it feels like once I get away from this. Now, I've been banging the drum. I texted you, texted my godmom, who's a Packers fan. I think I texted uh, Ethan about this, too. But I said, I think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. And I stand on that. Now, don't get me wrong. It's hard to pass up 60 mil if he comes back. But it's just like, he could come back, but I think it'd only be for the money. I think that Aaron, we have seen the best of Aaron Rodgers. And I think that for the Packers to be a threat, they'd have to do a whole bunch more on offense, get more consistent on defense. I don't see that happening in the course of this offseason. And so, yeah, bring in a Matt Ryan to back up Jordan Love. See what you got in him. If it don't work, you draft somebody. But I think... This is it for Aaron Rodgers. I think this is it for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I don't think it's it for Aaron Rodgers in general. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers don't want to go like how he went out. Yes, like he said, he's a cops in this league. He's won MVPs. He's got a Super Bowl that was centuries ago. Um, but I don't think he wants to go out like that. I don't think he wants to last remember him being as – on his field, throwing two picks, losing to the Detroit Lions. Um, but I do think it's the end for him in, in, in Green Bay. I think he comes back, but he's in another uniform. Um, maybe he wants to hold that jersey on to it because it's the last time you're going to see him in a Packers jersey. The last time he plays on you – know, a lot of people looked at it as like, man, that might be the last time he plays out here on Lambeau Field. Yeah, you're right, in a Packers uniform. Um but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is done. Like you said, 60 mil is hard to uh, walk away from. I think if he says he wants to come back but the Packers want to trade him, there's going to be teams out there who's going to be looking. A la if, again, if Tampa loses Tom Brady, that's somewhere I can see Aaron Rodgers sliding on in. You know, it's going to be a lot of teams um, trading, trying to trade for him. So I think it's the end of him in Green Bay. I think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers wearing green and, I mean, green and yellow. But I do think that we see him in another uniform. All right. What do you think it's going to cost to get Aaron Rodgers? Because, mind you, you're taking on a massive contract. Mm. Do you really think a team would give up a one for maybe one more year? Because yes. I don't. 
who would do yes. it though? I could see if Oakland didn't get if Oakland didn't get Earl Rogers or San Francisco didn't get someone, I could see them doing it. So, I can see a team who I can see a team who's one who feel like so say say San Francisco falls, right? Mm-hmm. They feel Sure. I can see a team like San Francisco who's who would feel like we are this close every year. Mm. Then, you know what? Forget that pick. We'll give y'all that one. Mm-hmm. We'll take our Because remember, Aaron Rodgers wanted to be a 49. They don't so, have a one. Well, they don't have a one, but I can see you right. They don't. Dang. Because well, I feel like even with a bad year, or at least bad by Aaron Rodgers standards, if I'm trading you a Hall of Fame quarterback, you sliding me a one. I just, I just don't see anybody. Like, you mentioned Vegas. They have a top ten pick. I'm not yep. giving a, up a top ten pick. I think it's like top five or seven. I'm not giving that up for Aaron Rodgers. You're the, if you're the if you're the if you're the Bucks and you lose time, would you do it? No. Still wouldn't. If you're the coach. If you're the coach, I'm not. Would you I'm go? not giving up the fourth overall pick for Aaron Rodgers. Are you crazy? Let me let me look how that sounds though. You know what I'm saying? Like we said, like Aaron Rodgers is a bum. Like look how that sounds though. He's I not a he's bum, old. but he's 38 years old, coming off arguably the worst season he's had in a decade. And we one can argue, oh, he didn't have any weapons. Okay, but even still, he threw the most picks he's thrown in the past several years. Yeah, he 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 had a down like I said, Aaron Rodgers down year in some people's career year. I would get him that. This year someone's career. But I can I can see I can see <laughs> I can see a team I can see a team sign up. I would say a team like hmm, the Saints who need a quarterback. I mean, what you gonna do with that one? You know what I'm saying? They don't have I mean? a one. Right, they, it's, y'all ain't nobody got ones. You slide the one for Aaron Rodgers. I'm well, the Saints ain't got a one, so because <laughs> they gave well, it to Seattle Philly, do? so they could get uh, what, Trevor Penning and Chris Olave. Will Seattle do it? Which I could see them maybe doing their later pick, but it's like realistically, would you trade for Aaron Rodgers, but or keep Geno Smith, who had a better overall year and will be significantly cheaper? I think you know. That's hard. That's hard. I mean, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, but I would say that. I just thought of a saying the Jets. Now, hey, look, I was thinking that he could go to Brett Favre route. The Jets, yeah, the Jets. But I mean, I don't think they have an offense. They, they do. Have an offense. They absolutely do. But and they have a defense. So the Jets would be able to. The Jets is someone I feel like. They have the money they can pay them. They have a defense. They have weapons. They might feel like, listen, we're competing against Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? We're competing against Miami, whatever they do. We need somebody back there. We have a revolving door with Mike White and Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. You bring in Aaron Rodgers. That you already felt before the year we debated this that the Jets were going to surprise some teams, and they kept it close. Yeah. You get them an Aaron Rodgers who is motivated to show that, like, hey, I'm still that dude. And to bring the Jets, to do something with the Jets, you might get something. I can see the Jets doing it. The Jets will probably kill up their number one because the Jets feel like, listen, 
we have a good, we have a line. Our linebackers are good. Our secondary pro day was good. On offense, we have a young wide receiver core. Our running back was balling before he got hurt. Our line is not terrible. We need a quarterback. That's a team who I feel like I'm like, okay, we're going to spend our number one on Aaron Rodgers. That's a team I feel like we'll do it. So I'm going to say the Jets will be the perfect team to do it. If I – like I said, I if I'm any team, I wouldn't give up a one. But I could see the Jets going for broke. I could see that. Um, and I mean, okay. So then, last question before we make our picks for this weekend. Zach Wilson already said, no matter who they bring in, no matter who the veteran quarterback is, he's gonna make their life hell. Week one starter, Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson. You know Zach Wilson gonna be riding that bitch, riding that bitch like a rodeo. <laughs> like, and and that's another thing too. Adds on to it. Okay, you spend the number one to Zach Wilson. Why not have Zach Wilson sit behind one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever touch the field? Mm-hmm. Why not have him sit back and learn from Aaron Rodgers in a year or two? Watch how he operates. Watch what he do. I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense. That makes sense. It makes sense. So, I would say the Jets. If I'm the Jets. I'm, I'm really looking at what Aaron Rodgers do. Because the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, even this year, instead of Aaron Rodgers was bad. Jets with Aaron Rodgers would have made the playoffs. Oh, definitely. Definitely. With that, with that talent, oh, definitely. They would they would make some they would be a, a team that you you would be like, man, they 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 a threat. Like they they a serious threat, especially with that defense. And then they'll still have picks later on in the draft to add to it. Yeah. So nah, I would say the Jets. The Jets too. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would want to go to the Jets. They haven't won anything. Um, you have a chance to put your name really in history doing something with the Jets. I will look at their offense. They have weapons there. I will look at their defense. Their defense is young and hungry. No, I would, I would go to the And you would have to compete against who? Yes, you have to compete against Josh Allen. The Patriots are going to be competitive. But really what I'm saying is you have a chance with the Jets. Prove they can hang with the Bills. The Jets proved they can hang with the Dolphins. So you're not that far off with an Earl Rodgers. So no, if I'm the Jets, I would I would go broke. But to answer your question, you know Zach Wilson ass on the bench. Hey, let him go get Earl Rodgers. Hey, look, he, he gotta deal. sound tough. He gotta sound like he ain't going out like no punk. Man, don't get my coffee. Man, get my bags. You no, yeah, because Aaron Rodgers say that to him legit. Yeah, no, I I, I think. The Jets are the only team that I think would make sense. I don't think for But I promise we're going to get to our picks. I don't think 49ers would do it because they have had all this success without a player of Aaron Rodgers' caliber. Why would I give up all that money and possibly get rid of cheaper and more consistent and lo- better long-term options for Aaron Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers can want to come here, but we kick his butt every time we play him, especially in the playoffs. They've seen Aaron Rodgers for, so I don't think they want to do it. And then Seattle, nah, I just think it makes more financial sense to ride it out with Geno. And, hey, if Geno wants too much money, just go with the draft. Or maybe Drew Locke. I mean, the Jets got, a lot of, Jets got some cap space. So, no, they got the money. The pants, nah. I would say New York. New York is the only one that makes sense. So, he really would be like Brett Favre and then go kick it in Minnesota for a couple of years. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, look, Kirk Cousins could bounce. You want to talk about teams that could be frustrated? We ain't making far enough. Kirk, you got to go. I'm not going to lie. Aaron Rodgers with Jay Jettis. That could be 
and, and then you get TJ Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. Well, Green Bay fan and you know, look, I'm just if you he goes to the Jets, you might as well just follow the Brett Favre storyline. Go to Minnesota too. Yeah, you know if he goes to the Jets, that's what you gonna hear. He's just like Brett Favre. He was contemplating retiring. It would be Adam. exactly. So you might as well just finish the movie, go to go to Minnesota. They're gonna love you anyway, Aaron. Packers fans ain't gonna be mad at you. But all right, let's go ahead. Super wild card weekend. A lot of great games on tap. Not gonna lie, this first one I'm gonna mention is not one of those great games. Starting us off Saturday afternoon, it is the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. Shout out to Seattle. They've made it much further than everybody thought they would. I don't think they make it past the 49ers. See, I'm going to know guys that's like a trap. Because you had Pete Carroll that was like, dang, it's unfortunate we have to play the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's saying. It's a, it's a trap game. It's going to be close to what people say. I think it's going to come down to the last possession. But I'm going to give it to the 49ers. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going 49ers. I think they win by 10. I just – especially because the Seahawks offense has not looked that great these last few weeks. Like, Geno been kind of kind of rough. Nobody want to talk about it because he's playing better than Russell Wilson, but Geno Smith ain't been looking too hot these past few weeks. And I rag on the 49ers secondary, and rightfully so because they're bad. But that front seven is going to cause Geno some problems. All right, next up, now this is a game that is going to be – a lot of fun. Saturday Night Football, the Los Angeles Chargers head to Jacksonville. I got Chargers. I think that it's going to be an offensive affair. However, I do think the combination of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa is going to prove too much for that Jacksonville offensive line. I think that they're going to make some key plays to get uh, the Chargers to win. I'm going to go Jacksonville. Okay. I'm going to say Jacksonville. Jacksonville has has slayed some and slay some teams who didn't think. If I'm not recalled, didn't they beat the Chargers earlier this season? Oh, they kicked the Chargers' ass. Mm-hmm. Yep, because that was the game after uh, after uh, Justin Herbert hurt his ribs. Yep. So, so no, I, I think I'm going to say the Chargers, man. The Chargers, are, I feel like the Chargers are, it's been the playoffs for the Chargers for the last past, what, five weeks of the season? So, this is just a continuation, man. They're a hot team right now. They are. And when you ride to the playoffs, that's the momentum. And you looking like, hey, we can beat those guys. Oh, yeah. So no, I'm I'm going I'm going Chargers, man. Trevor Lawrence seems to found his found his niche. Mm-hmm. We know how Trevor Lawrence was once he got in the playoffs in college. Let's see how he is in the NFL. But it's interesting. I'm going Jacksonville. Okay. I'm going Jacksonville. Let's put in the caveat when he got in the playoffs in college besides LSU, because he ain't do nothing against us. But moving on to Sunday, we got Head up. Yes. Wait, did y'all did y'all beat Trevor? Who beat him next year? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he won a. Was that his freshman year? He won a ring. Yep, we beat him the next year because remember that's the year I was like, oh, I want Clemson. Then we wanted to get Clemson with Justin. Uh, Justin yes, 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 yes. Okay, yep, mm-hmm. yep. I'm with you. Yeah. So, in other words, all the people, the only people caused problems for was Alabama. Hmm. Speaking of Alabama, Tua Tagovailoa will not be starting for the Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills in a game that I was going to pick them to lose anyway. I got Bills. I got Bills in a blowout. It's going to be cold. Um, they're playing. I'll keep saying it's cold. 
they're playing with emotion. They feel like they have unfinished business in the AFC Championship game. Well, in the playoffs, period. That's like they're, they they want a certain team, who we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no stopping them. DeMar Hamlin thing, um, yeah, they're going to crush them. Even with Tua. With Tua, I feel like it would have been closer. But I feel like now, with what they had back there with Thompson, no, nah, they're, they're going to get crushed. Like, they're they're going to get crushed. So, mm-hmm. Bill's problem. Rips, thoughts, and prayers to Miami. Um, all right, this is an interesting one. The New York Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. For those of you who don't remember, uh, the Vikings won that game on like a damn near 60-yard field goal. It took They took each other down to the wire, and that's great. But just like that game, I don't see a soul being able to guard my main man, Jay Jettis. I think it's another close one, but I got Minnesota. I'm going to go New York. Um, that line is not nothing to write home about. That's on his defense. And, like, just like they can't stop Jay Jettis, who's going to stop Saquon? You know what I'm saying? Who, who, who's going to stop Saquon? And, like, that's, that's, that's the key. I feel like it's going to come down to which quarterback makes the least mistake. That's fair. I hear that. But then again, you have Saquon, who was awesome. Who else on that Giants offense are you worried about? Because let's say for the sake of conversation, Jay Jettis is held in check. You still got Hawk. You still got Adam Thielen. You still got Dalvin Cook. Even K.J. Osborne makes big plays, too. The Giants cannot say the same thing. Facts. But they use Jones' mobility as a thing, too. You know what I'm saying? They use his mobility a lot. Like I said, it's going to come down to what that makes – Less mistakes. We've seen playoff Kurt. We've seen big game Kurt when the lights are bright. Kurt. I mean, he's you know won. He won a game. What? The last time? Yeah, they beat the Saints on that controversial call. Everybody losing their mind about. Yeah, you you know what that was. But still, um, no, I'm not. See, that, and then I don't trust. I just don't trust Kurt. I don't you know, trust him either. But I trust him against the Giants. I don't trust him. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Giants, man, because when you can run the ball, it opens up a lot of things. You don't have to have. I mean, they do know. I mean, so can run the ball too. They got down with Cook. I'll give you that. But Saquon is phenomenal. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in the close one. I'm gonna go Giants. I'm gonna be indifferent here. I'm gonna go Giants. All right, Sunday night football. The squad for the second straight week is headed back to Cincinnati when my Baltimore Ravens take on the Cincinnati Bengals. And as it was announced officially today from Lamar Jackson himself, he will not be playing. Right now, Is Tyler Huntley is probably going to get the start. He's been practicing, but he's limited. I hope Anthony Brown doesn't get the start. Lord knows. But at least we'll have Mark Andrews in tow and J.K. Dobbins. So we'll have our best players on the field and it's been a lot of back and forth between the two. With all that said, I still got Bengals, though. I ain't crazy. I got Bengals. Would love to be wrong. Please don't get it twisted. I'd love to be wrong, but I don't think it's going to happen. I would have picked the Ravens if Lamar played. Yeah, I know. But it's over. Yeah. Uh, it's over. Uh, I don't see unless Tyler Huntley have the game of his life out of his mind type of game. Mm-hmm. They don't, you guys don't have the you don't have the firepower to match them. Your defense is going to be competitive. Don't get it twisted. The defense will do what they have to do. They're Ravens. Their defense will do what they have to do. But you just don't have the 
eventually your offense got to make something great. And I don't think y'all have enough. Mark Andrews is great. JK is good. It's not enough. No. You need more than one against Cincinnati. Yeah. And they, they, and they have a mission to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, unfortunately, they've been talking to John back and forth, but it's over. If Lamar was playing, I would pick Lamar just for the sake of Lamar gives you that unpredictable factor. Like, you never – like, when, I, when I'm – as a Browns fan watching Lamar play, man, when he's healthy, he, you cannot count the Ravens out. Like, you, you just can't. Like, he, he's going to always make it like, okay, we coming back. So, with that, it's over. Yeah. Uh, Bengals. Even if Lamar was going to play, I was going to pick the Bengals. Because, I mean, he was still going to come back rusty. He wouldn't be able to. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll be very happy if my Ravens win this game. Don't get it twisted. But does Lamar, if you guys somehow by miracle beat them, do Lamar play the next game? Uh, Would you want him to play the next game? No. Because I still, either way, I think he still come back rusty. Okay. But you mentioned Tyler Huntley. I think Tyler Huntley is very important. But I more so think it's the defense. I mean, if you actually watched last week's game, the only two touchdowns that, uh, what's it called, the Bengals scored came because of turnovers, because they had a short field. When they had to drive the length of the field, they were unable to do it because Baltimore's defense, even with Daryl Worley matched up against Jamar Chase, was keeping them boys in check. They were keeping them focused. They had a lot of tackles. They had a lot of pass breakups. The run game wasn't really doing too much, and that's in large part to my main man, Roquan Smith, who got paid. And so I think that this game is going to be more like the first one. I think that it's going to be more of a defensive affair. I think Baltimore, especially because they're bringing back Marcus Peters, Marlowe's going to be out there. I believe Calais Campbell is going to be playing. I think our defense is going to be able to keep them in check. But like I told you, when it comes down to I need one more drive, I just got to get a field goal. I think that the Bengals are going to be able to do that. I trust Joe Burrow. I trust Joe Burrow to do that more than I trust Lamar. But I especially trust Joe Burrow to do it more than I trust Tyler Huntley. So, Bengals, y'all going to win. I mean, it's whatever, though. But we re-signed Roquan Smith, so I'm happy. Regardless, I'm good. All right, final game. I mean, look, if it's not going to be Baltimore, I'd want it to be Cincinnati. I mean, my LSU guys. I want Joe and Jamar to look good because that continues to reaffirm my arguments against these bum Alabama fans. We have the best quarterback and our receivers are better than yours. And I stand on that because there is not an Alabama receiver in this league. I would take over Jay Jettis or Jamar. All right, final game, Monday Night Football, one that has a lot of people torn, and rightfully so. We got the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Tampa Bay. Who you got? Tampa. Me too. <laughs> I got Tampa too. I don't trust it. I don't trust Dallas at all. Like, I, I mean, I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust that. Oh, Tampa is getting – Tampa, the last time we sent you all, man, Tom Brady has been – I mean, he got, they sat down the second half, but Tom has been kind of clicking. And, you know, when Tom get the playoffs, man, Tom is another dude. So I, I'm going to say they going to cut it on when it matters. When the lights are brighter, yeah. I'll take Tom Brady over Dak Prescott to make a play. A hundred percent. And I know that sounds, 
And then you have to think, I believe that, yes, the African Cowboys have been there before, but Tom and the Bucks know how to win. So I'm going to say Tampa. Yeah. Oh, it's hands down Tampa. Especially because Dallas looked best when their run game was playing very well and their defense was creating sacks and creating turnovers. They have not done that over the past few weeks. And as you can see, their record is reflecting it. The teams are making Dak Prescott have to beat them. And if you can't beat the Commanders with their third-string quarterback, okay. And you think you're going to stop Tom Brady and Mike Evans and playoff Lenny and Devin White and Levante David and Vita Vea? Okay. No, not only that. Like you said, teams are fortunate because they're going to they're going to shut down CD Lamb. Of course, that's so they're going to do what they did week one. Yeah. So now, so like, so now, who are you going to throw it to? You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. I mean, yeah, your other teams are no, they're not scrubs, but you know, he's your solid. He's your number one. What else do you have out there? You know what I'm saying? They're going to make sure Pollard and Elliott don't beat you because it's hard to run on. I mean, besides that Ravens game. It's very hard to run on the Buccaneers. It's hard. So no, I, I think I, I think the Bucks the Bucks got this. Yeah, I got Bucks. The Bucks got the yeah. No, I think Mike McCarthy's going to get fired if they go one and done because I really think Jerry Jones wants Sean Payton. If Sean Payton expresses interest, he's going to want Sean Payton. Do you think Mike McCarthy gets fired if the Cowboys lose? Yeah, that'll be what every year they've been like since he's been there. They was one and done. Yeah, no, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Same. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, now this is a newer edition. Uh, since you were on the show, instead of just wrapping it up here, we now mention the offensive, defensive, and rookies we are watching this upcoming week, as well as the team we're gonna call out. So I'll start off the offensive player I am watching this weekend. To kick off the playoffs is a guy we just talked about, Dak Prescott. I don't trust Dak. You don't trust Dak. A lot of people who are not Cowboys fans do not trust Dak Prescott, whether it be the turnovers, whether it be the poor decisions, whether it him not really being able to take over a game. Nobody really trusts Dak. And he's making a whole bunch of money despite that. But if you're Dak Prescott, if you want to shut everybody up, if you want to show everybody that you're a bad man, you got to ball out this weekend. So I'm watching Dak Prescott to see what he does in this high-pressure moment. I'm watching Trevor Lawrence. I want to see you have to show the lead why you're the, why you're the greatest first overall pick since Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. I want to see how you do when the lights are really bright in the NFL. When you're down, when you name the underdog. So, because you're going to need it. You're going against Khalil Mack. You're going against Joey Bosa. You got J.C. Jackson back there. You got Derwin James. You know, so you, you, you have a lot of a lot of dogs back there. I want to see how you handle pressure. Can you lead a team in the hectic environment going to L.A. to play on the road? No, they're coming to Jacksonville. Can you win in your home stadium in front of your crowd? So, I'm watching to see how the first-year man do that been in the playoffs his first time, how he handles the pressure. So I'm watching the Trevor Lawrence. All right, defensively, who you watching? Oof. Defensively, I'm watching the Ravens corners. So I'm watching Marlon Humphreys, and I'm watching Marcus Peters. Essentially, I'm watching Marcus Peters. 
Can you come back to being a Marcus Peters of old and force turnovers? This season has been an outlier. He has been getting burnt toast out there. Especially the Jets um, game. And this is going to be very key. And I say a corners because you know what the triple the three-headed rush can do back there with, the, with those guys with Jill. Yeah. I will see how the Ravens corners. This was a matchup I was talking about in the offseason. When Marcus Peters came back, how it was going to be. I want to see the Ravens. I want to see the Marcus Peters that played Tennessee in the playoffs. That was playing with the fire and the aggression and the Marcus Peters we all know. So I'm watching the Ravens corners versus the Bengals wide receivers. All right, we sticking with the same D, and we going with the AFC Defensive Player of the Month, the man who just got a bag and was just voted by Ravens Media Team MVP, Roquan Smith. Because Roquan has been in the thick of it, of the back and forth between the Bengals and Baltimore. Bengals tried to call him dirty. Jamar Chase called him out, and he said, I'll see them on Sunday. I can't wait to see what Roquan does, because last game he was giving them that work. He missed the first game. I'm excited to see him embracing the AFC North culture because Lord knows we're going to need him. We're going to need everybody on the defense to step up, but we're especially going to need our best defensive player to do it. And I think that in order for that to happen, Rose got to go crazy. And I don't see anybody on that offensive line being able to him slow him down if they let him go off the way that we know he can. We're going to have to shut down the mixer because they're going to try to run it. That's cool. So We've been doing that. I can look. Yeah. I won't even just put that on row. I think our defensive line can handle that, and Patrick Queen, who's also having a ter- terrific season. Shout out to him too. All right, uh, rookie I'm watching is Kenneth Walker. You said you think that the uh, Seahawks make it a close game. That doesn't happen if Kenneth Walker does not ball out. One of the best parts about Seattle, not just this year, but in general, has been their ability to have a strong running game to complement their passing game. And one does not work without the other. So Kenneth Walker is going to have to be able to take a lot of pressure off of Geno Smith, not just run the ball, but also blocking in order for Seattle to have a shot. Okay, we keep saying here. I'm watching Brock Purdy. Um, in the words of Shannon Sharp. That he told the quarterbacks for the Ravens, you are driving a Ferrari. Just don't crash it. Make enough plays. This is your chance to show that, hey, I'm the quarterback that should be here. Yeah. It's me. I'm the guy. You've been playing great since you started. So I'm watching to see how he do when the, when the lights are when the lights are bright. Don't say if you don't make turnovers, your defense can handle it. Make it easy. Don't get too. Don't try to make too many plays. Don't try too hard. So, I'm watching Brock Purdy. All right. And then, finally, team call-outs. Obviously, I'm calling out Baltimore. Don't get me wrong. I know I picked us to lose. But I've been wrong before. And you know what? Prove me wrong, Baltimore. This, everybody is doubting us. Everybody, including me. Everybody's saying Baltimore doesn't have a chance in hell. Baltimore is not this with Lamar. We're not that with Lamar we can't do this we can't do that and everybody is just magically forgetting we beat the Bengals earlier this year after a subpar game from Lamar Baltimore everybody may think Lamar is the franchise but we were winning games before Lamar we're gonna win games after Lamar no better time to do it than this Sunday when everybody is down you so I'm calling out the squad I'm calling out Jacksonville. 
I picked them to win, but in the simulator thing, no one is expecting Jacksonville to win. Everybody's just saying, that's a good story. They're happy to be there. Finally, Jacksonville is this. Jacksonville, you have a chance to shut people up. Yes, people feel like you guys played in the weakest division. Granted, you did. Um, like, like I said, some people feel like you're going to be one and done. I haven't heard anybody pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat them, to beat the Chargers. So if you're Trevor Lawrence and you're WP, Doug Peterson, go out there and prove it. Have that underdog mentality that you had in the Phillies when you was the underdog. Go out there and go all the way. So I'm calling out the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, so before we close this bad boy out, um, let's do some Super Bowl predictions. Let's do it before we know who's already in the room. Uh, first, let's start off on a positive note. Who we want of the playoff teams, who we want to see. Obviously, I want to see Baltimore and Minnesota with Baltimore getting the dub. For you, of the playoff teams in the in the the still in it, who do you want to see get in and who do you want to see win? Well, who I want to see get in. Who do you, okay. uh, who you want to see? I would love to see a, a surprise thing. I'd love to see a two-way Jacksonville make it. I would love to see Jacksonville make it, and I would love to see the Eagles make it. And I would want the Eagles to get the dub. All right, now time for the hard part. Who do you actually think makes it and who wins? Who will be 2023 NFL Super Bowl champs? I think... It's going to be the Andy Reid Bowl. I think it's going to be Andy Reid versus his former team in the Super Bowl. And I think Andy Reid beats the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles in the Andy Reid Bowl. And you're going to hear a bunch of talk all week about how Andy was the coach here and the coach there and the culture. But I think Andy Reid pulls it out. Kansas City's going to beat, beat the Eagles in an in a entertaining Super Bowl. Yeah, I got Chiefs too. Um, Loki almost said Bills just because I mean the Demar Hamlin emotion could could take them anywhere, but I don't see them being the Chiefs. And NFC is tough. What are you not saying, man? Yeah, I know. You know what? Yeah, it's it's really between for me. It's really a two team race. It's Forty ers or Eagles, or Dark Horse will be the Bucks. Yeah. So I mean, the NFL would love to see it one last time, Brady versus Mahomes. Man, I don't even. I don't know when one last time is gonna be the one last time. Tom Brady ain't going nowhere. The Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. They would love to see it. Of course, I don't want to see it, but I could see it. Um. Oh yeah, the Chiefs gonna run away with it. Uh, this is hard. Okay, I got Chiefs, and you know what? I'm gonna go Eagles too, and I got Chiefs winning it all. Oh, nope. Andy Reid, Andy Reid, yeah. Cause I almost said 49ers, but it's like I don't trust that second. No, nah, forget. Bro. I think their offense will be fine. I just, I yeah, especially lately. I don't trust the 49ers secondary. A.J. Brown is going to tear Chavarius Ward up. Yeah. Jimmy Ward can't stop it. Uh, Telefonga, the other safety, can't stop it. Especially if he gets the ball out quick enough before Nick Bosa hits him. And then that how strong that run game is. Yeah, I don't think. Jimmy's going to step in the pocket. Jimmy's going to move. Of course, that's exactly. 
Yeah. So yeah. And then Miles Sanders is there. They can run the ball. Yeah. Who's stopping Devonta Smith? Devonta Smith on the other side. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. No. That, yeah. I don't trust. The, I don't trust the Forty Nine ers secondary. That's really what it comes down to. So. That's it. But that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening to this NFL jam-packed episode. Malik, thank you so much for being a part. It's always a pleasure getting to have the conversations we already normally have about football, but just doing it on record. It's always a blast. But all right, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Before we close out, Malik, anything you want to say? Anything you're working on? You want people to keep track of? Plug anything? Uh, No, I just wish everybody have a Start off and have a good New Year. Start the New Year off great. I'm wishing everybody have an excellent 2023. Stay safe out there for everybody. Prayers are out. Um, looking forward to the season next year. Also looking forward to the off season this year. You know, so shout out to you know shout out to the NFL man. They always make it interesting. So, but other than that, I just want everybody to have a safe year. Stay healthy, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. God bless. Thank y'all so much for listening. Y'all know what it is, Baltimore. Let's let's do it to them. I may love Joe and I may love Jamar, but I loved y'all first. Let's go, Baltimore Lakers. Act like y'all like me. Let's just let's do something good, just for the sake of conversation. Um, and for Ethan, who's not here, you know he's gonna say go Grizz. Also, shout out to Ethan. Um, him and his wife Aiden were finally able to bring their son EJ home. So prayers up, thoughts with them. He's go finally Grizz. having to change some diapers. I'm so happy for my boy. Um, you said what? Congratulations to him. You know, congratulations to Ethan. Yeah. We love the welcome kids. Welcome to fatherhood. Fatherhood. It's a blast and a half. But thank you guys again so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.